Good morning and welcome to episode 12 of Inspired, your grown-up girl talk. I'm Jennifer Tovani here with Samantha Tredelius and Stacy Fleece, and we are excited to spend the next 30 minutes empowering you for the coming week with a raw, unedited, and humorous take on life. Have you ever wondered what it's like to have dueling professional identities? Think a corporate job and an art-related career can't mix? Well, today's guest, Lorelai Vorsanger, would disagree. She's taken a very unique path to get there. Welcome, Lorelai. Hey, Jennifer. How are you? I'm good. Hi. Hey, Samantha. Hi, Stacy. Nice to meet you. How are you? Good morning I'm or well. afternoon or whatever time of day it is at this point. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks um, for joining us today. Yeah, sure, Laura, my I'm pleasure. Always, I'm always fascinated with people's path of how they got to where they are because they're they're never very linear, especially for women. Let's be honest. So let's start with a little background. How um, how did you, how did how did you get where you are? What's your what's your history? Oh my gosh, it is. It's a zigzag, isn't it? It's not like it. You just hop exactly on a trajectory from from position to position. But um, I. Let's go all the way back to the end of high school where I had to make a choice because I was um, a pretty accomplished ballerina, but I also had good grades and I had taken all the SATs and things like that. I set up to go to like a University of California, like UC Berkeley or Santa Barbara, and I was all set and I had to make a decision. Do I um, pursue a career in dance and be a ballerina? My mom was a ballerina. She danced for San Francisco Ballet. And my dad played for Oakland Symphony. So I had music and dance. I know, right? I had music and dance absolutely in my blood. Is that like the cheerleader dating the football player when you have the dancer dating the musician? Yeah, she said, my mom said that she was performing up on stage and she looked down into the orchestra pit and there was this super cute, and I'm like, really? Ew, gross mom. But like this super (laughs) cute um, string bass player. And she started like making eyes at him while she's dancing from the stage. Oh my. <laughs> she has skills. I know, pretty, pretty cute. Um, and so I decided you can only dance when you're young. So I took a position with a ballet company and um, danced ballet instead of going to college. Shh, don't tell anybody. <laughs> all, all of my jobs, they assume that I have like an undergrad degree or a master's degree. And I've done certificate programs, which are not the same thing. But because of that, I have like Stanford and Yale on my resume. But if you really read it, and if anyone who's listening to this (laughs) podcast really reads it, they'll see that it's a certificate program. And other than that, it's like community college, some courses. And so I had to make a slightly different path than the usual person who goes straight out from college. And so um, I started as essentially a secretary after I finished dancing. And then every time I was in a a temp agency and every time that they would send me out for a different um, job, I would ask the people, like I I worked at People Magazine and Fleet Bank and State Street Global Advisors. I worked at all these different, in these different industries and different places. And I'd say, what's your billing system like? Or what's your, what's, what's Excel? What's Word? What, what's PowerPoint? Can I just go ahead and do some of the tutorials that are online while I'm sitting here, you know, waiting to type things? <laughs> and they, they said, yeah, sure, go nuts. We don't care. Just keep the chair warm. 
And every single time I learned a new application and then I went back to my temp agency and I said, now I know Excel. Can I have a dollar more an hour? Over and over again. And then finally they, <laughs> they were like, okay, okay. I found a place that I really liked and they liked me and I, I got to stay there and grew my career uh, first in the banking industry just by taking on um, new challenges and trying to be scrappy and learn on the job. And, um, and then um, I had lots of kids. <laughs> I have three, three kids that I myself have birthed and two that Mark sired and brought into their relationship. So now when we count them, there's at least five, but there's usually more because <laughs> everybody's got a friend over and you're like, they all bring one with them, right? One or two. Yeah, yeah, totally. And so, so yeah, it's always a, a bit of a madhouse when all the kids are around. Um, but I did um, training and um, adult learning development, like instructional design. So any computer programs, like how would a dummy like me learn it? And so um, I created all, all the, the training materials and, and then led training organizations. And uh, now I'm at a high-tech firm, which I think is bizarre because I don't, it's not like I know that much about hyper-converged infrastructures or a <laughs> multi-cloud. I'm sorry, <laughs> what? A lot. No. That's a lot right there. I'm like, woo-hoo-hoo. Same, same. Yeah, I'm like, I don't really know the words I just said, but I can say all the buzzwords and I can string them together and it's all Sounds good. Sounds good, sister. Yeah, yeah. But I represent like kind of the voice of the little people who are like, I don't understand that. I'm like, I don't either. <laughs> and I'm going to go find out and I'm going to find an analogy like, oh, it's a bike messenger who travels from place to place and delivers the messages. And you're like, now I got it. We're, all, we're good now. And this so project based learning at, at its best right there. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and so um, as a, I do some project management and um, I do a lot of work with the women's group because it's a really uh, male dominated company and a male dominated industry. And so yeah, talk, I want to, I want to dig into that a little bit. Talk about that, that women's group that's within your company, correct? Yeah. It's like my favorite thing about my job. <laughs> I love it. I love it. It's um, so the, my company only has about 26% women. And wow. so um, in some of the organizations, it's not so bad. Like the department I'm in is almost 50, 50, but some of the organizations is like 9% women. And so when you wow. look around, the opportunities just are not there. And it's really difficult for women to get promoted in every department. It's really difficult. So we hire lots of women on the entry, like kind of the, on the entry level side. And then that, there they sit for years and years. And, the, and maybe they get to kind of a manager level, but they don't get any higher than that. And so- Why is that? Well, I think managers hire in their own image. Managers everywhere. They say, um, I'm really smart. I took a particular path. Um, I, I do things a certain way. Maybe I do things very like data-driven and that's how I make decisions. And so when they go and they look for people to hire, and somebody shows up and they're like, hey, I went to the same school as you. And they think the same way as you. And I'm really data driven. And this is my general outlook on, on business. Then the manager might, male and female, female managers do this, but they might say, ooh, that's the right way to be. I love that person. It's all actually, about just, them. <laughs> yeah, I'm looking at a reflection in the mirror and wow, that person's so great. And they're then awesome. they hire them. And then you've got 
10 of those managers, little clones of each other, all lined up. And they're like, we are the department. And you look around and you go, oh, oh all middle-aged white men. <laughs> have, you, have you looked around? Have you looked, <laughs> have you looked to your right and to your left and, and noticed any commonalities? And they kind of go, oh my gosh, I actually hadn't really noticed. And now I have to go and change it. Now it's difficult because I've got this staff of however many, and I've got to try to hire more women try to hire more black people, more Asian, uh, more gay. And so they go ahead and at that point, um, try to help their organization, but it's not easy. I mean, how does the, um, the, the, the women's empowerment group within your company, how does it start? Cause I, I have to believe there's a lot of people out there, a lot of women out there who don't have that in their company and maybe would want to build it. I, I it started maybe, I want to say six years ago when I wasn't even at the company and it started with women exactly like us who looked around and said, at that point, I think there were 22% women. So they looked around and were like, we need to huddle together <laughs> for, for warmth and companionship. We need to help each other, lift each other up. We need to um, find professional development opportunities. We need to find mentors and sponsors. We need to get some of our upper level executives to let us shadow them so we know what's expected when we go to meetings. And so that's how they pulled it together. And it basically was just like the four of us saying, guys, let's meet like once once every two weeks and just talk about our jobs and our lives. And it grew and grew and grew. And now it's about, um, it's global, which is super cool. And it's uh, a little over 4,000. And it started with four of you? I wasn't one of the founding members. So I'm not entirely sure how big the core group was that said, we need to start this. But it it grew. Um, When I joined a couple of years ago, it was about 1,500 members. And then I took over as... Yeah, it was pretty big. And then um, when I, I grew it from 1,500 to over 4,000. Well, I think it's in really the last two years. fascinating the oh way that gosh. women connect and the way that women in any workplace can really find a common ground to want to build each other up. And that's kind of who we are, I think, as just beings in general. Um, so kudos to you for really, you know, being involved in, at, a, at a level of an organization that supports that for us gals. Um, and it's really, I think, Every time I hear about a percentage of, of employees that are women, 26%, is that what you said? I mean, that's just, that's right. It just floors me that like, here we are in 2021, where women are as qualified, many times more qualified, and here we, we still are, are sitting in the back seat, and it's just bullshit, you know? <laughs> Enough already, you know? We've got we've to take this to the next level in the next, you know, in the next generation. It's got to be different. It's crazy. Yeah, you know, Samantha, my company did a really interesting thing. So they had been saying for years, they were like, hire more women, hire more women. And the managers were like, uh-huh, okay, I'll give it a try. Like, I'll interview some people. But they kept choosing men. And so last year, they said, hire more women or else. And managers were like, or else what? And they said, well, or else we're going to take a piece of your bonus away. And not manager by manager, like Stacy didn't hire enough women, so I'm taking part of hers. Or Jennifer she doesn't have enough women in her organization. They said, all of you collectively, anybody who's at the senior director level or above, you have this bonus pool and we're going to reduce it. And they're like, okay, whatever. We'll try to hire more women. No promises. And they didn't. They, they didn't meet their, their um, quota. And so the company took their bonuses. <laughs> they took a 
big chunk of their bonuses. And these managers were fit to be tied. And some of them with really good reason because they had done a nice job and others were like, oops, like they didn't really think that would come to pass. And then yeah, they money talks. It really does. And they took that money, that bundle of, of part of the bonus, and they gave it to like the women's empowerment group, the pride um, gay and lesbian empowerment group, uh, disability, black, Asian, Latino. I mean, uh, they, they just gave it, oh, veterans. And they gave it to those pods. And they said, basically, like, here's an extra $20,000 to do programming over the year. So they really nice. put their money where their mouth is. And all of a sudden, <laughs> our number went, boink. <laughs> this year is like so much higher than any other year. We're like, okay, we, well, good, we see what's good going for on them, here. Though, for like uh, realizing, you know, what the currency was to make these people understand, like, we're serious. Like, women need to be, and all these other minorities need to be represented in the workplace in a bigger scale. Um, and I think it's like, it's really interesting because I, you know, you hear it on the news and you see it, but to really hear your story, like this, you're, you're in it, you're feeling it, you're seeing it. It's, um, it's, it's really real. And, you know, thank you for, for sharing that with us because it's, it's something that I think needs to be talked about. Yeah. More companies need to emulate that. Uh, you know, as a goal and make that possible for women and minorities everywhere. It's really yeah. empowering. I know. I, I couldn't agree with you more. And I think just when you're in the minority to have a community that you can check in with and, and say, things are rough for me right now. Is anybody else out there? Like you just feel so isolated that um, having that tribe to go back to is really, really powerful. Well, and I have to believe that the way we all have had to work over the last year with COVID has made us all feel even more isolated. If we weren't feeling it before, it's made it worse. Mm -hmm. Yeah, at least in my corporation, which is, you know, it's not small. It's like uh, 34,000 people. So that it, it's, you know, mid-sized to large. Um, we've seen a really big shift. So the people who used to get that community by seeing other people at in the hallways or at the cafeteria, they've lost that. But they have gained access, like worldwide access to a lot more people um, because of meetings like this where we're in talking on Zoom or we're able to connect um, and, and that kind of um, building of a community virtually and hearing from other uh, people in other locations has been really strong. Yeah, the, the geographic uh, limitations have definitely been lifted. Um, yeah, and there is, yeah. there is positive that goes with that too, as much as we all hire of Zoom. Well, and I think it's benefiting different people in different ways. So people that were intro are now finding a way to be more extra, being that it's a more comfortable situation behind a computer screen. Um, and those of us that are more extra, you know, really found a way to be more, you know, comfortable being more introverted because we had to be. And so I think there's like, we were just talking about this on our hour prior, just about this new version of the workplace and the pros and the cons and what, you know, what will employers take out of it and what will employees take out of it as the new, the new normal ladies that we're, you know, we're, we're defining right now. Yeah, we expect only 40% of the people who used to work in the office to go back and work in the office. Yeah. Um, the, the lack of a commute 
Um, so I'm in the San Francisco Bay Area. And if I were to go to the office every day, it would be two hours um, each direction. And so having four hours that I'm trapped in the car and I can't work, uh, it doesn't benefit my company at all. So I might as well be home working remotely, going to all the meetings. And then I feel very generous to give even more than my you know, sort of allotted eight hours. We just totally um, had this discussion, like did you? literally 20 minutes ago about, you know, it, what's the, you know, is it a good thing or a bad thing? Because you're working longer now and, uh, but you're also- Well, it's okay to give an extra hour because you're sitting at home. So you're like, oh, I'll just keep going. And so instead of putting in your eight to 10 hour day, it's now 14. Right. It's, it's completely true. And um, I mean, I won't, we're not husband bashing yet on this podcast because I'm sure we'll get to that in a little while. But um, my husband, he, he loves to work. And so when we were, we'll dream about retirement and we'll be like, what are we going to do in retirement? I'm like, I'm going to do crafting. I'm going to ride horses. I'm going to learn to knit. Like I have a long list. And he's like, well, I kind of like, re- you know, reading stuff on the computer and working and teaching. And I don't want a long commute, but if I could just keep doing it from home, it's like, maybe I just cut down my hours a little bit because you do have that nice flexibility to get to go out and take a hike rather than being in the car. And so it may change all of our views of down, way down the line, we can retire a hundred years from now. How, you know, how, what does your life look like? Well, speaking of, oh, sorry. Speaking of, (laughs) fight, fight. Fight, I'm fight. never going to get to retire, but I, I love that you will. <laughs> yeah. Oh, retiring. Oh, that's a long ways away for me, too. But speaking of sort of hiking and retirement and hobbies and things like that, I happen to know that you have a pretty amazing hobby as well that you developed along the way, and that is photography. How the heck did you start doing this amongst this amazing and difficult job of training yourself through schooling to get to the corporate job that you have, you also could be an, a, a full-time photographer. I mean, Lorelai is that good. Thank you. That's such a nice compliment. Um, so my dad and I used to, and, and my brother, we used to travel a lot because my dad taught high school after, his, after he played for the symphony, he taught high school. And so he'd have the whole summer off and we would go traveling and um, I would take tons of pictures and I would borrow my mom's junky little camera. And then later um, when I was 16 or 17, I got a real camera. And then toward the end of high school, I, I took a photography class and um, I loved it. I loved it. And I noticed that my pictures were a little bit different than when we all would go and take pictures of one person or when we all would go take pictures of a landscape. Um, I, I think I had a bit more of a connection with my uh, victim, <laughs> with whoever, <laughs> with whoever I was taking pictures of. And so um, fast forward a little bit, I'm the family photographer, you know, all the pictures are taken by me and everybody's like, oh, this is great. This is like the best picture of me ever taken. I was like, wow, I'm so happy to be that and to give that to you. And when my kids got old enough, they wanted to do musical theater. And so, um, okay, well, when you go to an audition, 
you bring a resume and a headshot. I don't care if you're six years old. That's what you do. So stand still. I'm taking your picture. Here's your headshot. And, you know, here's your headshot. And here's your resume that says, I am six. I have done nothing. <laughs> in you go to your singing audition, little child. And the first time that I did that, the director came out of the audition room. And there's this sort of room full of parents waiting for their little darlings to finish singing. And she waved the picture. And she said, who took this headshot? And I was like, oh, my God, I'm in trouble already. <laughs> I put my hand up. And she said, come over here, come over here. And uh, I came close and she said, who are you? And I was like, I don't know. I'm just a mom. I'm like that kid's mom. And she goes, this is a really good headshot. Would you be interested in doing headshots? She's like, this is like a headshot and a resume for a six-year-old. This is what I love. She said, would you be willing to do headshots? What would be your cost? And I'm like, I don't know. Never done headshots. She said, well, put, set your, set your price low, do a ton of them get some experience. I'll give you a ton of kids and maybe 50 bucks a headshot, just like click, click, click. And then um, they all came out great. All the parents were like, could you do our family photos this year? What the a next cool year, way to get started. I love yeah, it. It was, it was she great. She was discovered. <laughs> yeah, I, was. I was, I was discovered. And my son who was doing the audition um, got the lead role Nice. <laughs> yes. Oh, that's fantastic. oh yeah. Icing on the cake. Right. Icing yeah. on the Double cake. Yeah. Mom points. And and so I just kept taking I just keep taking pictures and keep taking pictures. And um and I really, really love it. I take pictures of mostly um models and actors who want to break into the business because I am great with adults, but I'm even better with people who are um like 13 years old, never been in front of the camera before. I need a lot of direction. And then families and um, Christmas photos and things like that. Yeah, no one else has ever taken a picture of me or my family. So if you see my website, those are all done by Lorelai. Like they're good. They're really good. They're really oh, good. Thanks. She is amazing. She's amazing. I'm just kind of fascinated with the very corporate world you live in during the day and your very creative side that comes out at night and the weekends on your spare time and and the blend of those two i um you obviously come from a very creative art uh art driven family with both parents being very much in the arts um so i, I really and the I dancer find... part you know yeah. she was a dancer too that's artistic yeah your your um Beautiful. your path to where you are today is so interesting to me Thanks, Stacey. I, I think also in my regular day job, I don't send very typical emails that are straightforward, like here's the document you requested. Um, they're filled with um, words like armadillo and <laughs> leprechaun and uh, lederhosen. And there's just, you could get an email from me and just be like, what is she talking about? And of course I can flex my writing style to be super corporate, almost legal, where you're like, oh my God, she's suing me. But um, <laughs> I think that writing is one of the things that is absolutely propels you in the business world. If you're awesome. a good writer and you can write in lots of different tones of voice, then off you go. Yeah, that's amazing. And I'm sure that brings in that creativity that you clearly have pulsing through your veins. Yeah, thanks Tons mom and dad. Yeah, that's great. 
another personal thing that we know about you is um, you have three kids and tell us a little bit about, you know, your, uh, I know it's your ex-husband now. How did you meet and, and uh, have these kids? And, and let's talk about family a little bit. Sure. Yeah, I have three kids um, from my first marriage and then two kids that Mark donated <laughs> to the cause um, that I, I have no um, genetic tie to, but I try to be a stepmom. Um, and we actually don't even use the term stepmom. I just say I'm their Lorelei because my stepdaughters have a great mom. She's wonderful. And I don't, they don't need a second mom. So I'm just like their, their friend their support person. I send them stupid pictures of cats mostly. But, um, <laughs> and they're great photos of cats, by don't, the way. <laughs> don't we all need that? Isn't that what we all yes, need? Yes. Uh, but I, I met my first husband when we were both dancing and I call it a little bit of a starter marriage because we were only married for uh, just about 20 years. So, you know, get your feet wet, get yourself acclimated. Years. Starter marriage, 20 years. Yeah. So noted. Cute little, cute little starter marriage. And, um, and then um, I had a big life transition when my ex-husband came to me one evening and said, I got to go. And it was like, okay, you mean like, you know, store? Need, yeah, no, I know. I was like, I was like, well, we need milk, potatoes. Like I was <laughs> ready, to give, ready to give him a list. And he said, no, I, I, I can't do this anymore. I can't, I just can't do this. And I was like, well, Okay let's ditch everything. Like, let's go ahead. Like we'll sell the, the company business because I was working with him at the company business. And I was like, we'll just grab all three kids. Uh, Simon was like one and a half or two, maybe. I was like, let's just go wherever you want to go. And he said, no, 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 no. I, I need to explore this thing that I've never tried. Never. Well, maybe never kind of never, um, tried before. Uh, uh, and uh, I have a boyfriend. Mm -hmm. And I was like, oh, okay. So when you say you want to go, like you want to you go by yourself and the kids and I are going to stay here. And he's like, yeah, exactly. So I'm just going to get my stuff now. And I'm like, what is oh, even wow. going on? I know. At like seven in, the, uh, seven in the evening on a Sunday, I'm like, what's what happening? What the hell? Yeah, yeah. And um. Yeah, so he needed to explore that side of him and to live that lifestyle. And I think that, you know, the, the county we live in, everybody kind of shrugs and they're like, okay, <laughs> things happen. Um, and Good I, for and you. I think, great. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Actually, everybody in the family was like, oh, this is so great. You're really like living your true life and, and you're being true to yourself. And I was kind of left. Behind. Yeah, the, he, he got congratulations and, and then, hi, I, I'm over here with three kids trying yeah. to explain what just happened to my children and there's where their father no, went. No pass on the back for you. Dude, no. what happened to you? Like, what about you? This is a huge, like, uh, life. I mean, this is a major event for anyone to handle. Oh my gosh, Samantha, it was horrible. It was horrible. Um, almost immediately, you know, without two incomes, because he was like, oh, and also, since you work at the family business, I think that's going to be awkward. So I'm going to let you go. And I'm going to put my new boyfriend in your role at our business. And I was like, oh, okay. And um, so and he fired so, you from the marriage and he fired you from the company? Yes. 
And so uh, I know Un I was, you know, unemployment, foreclosure. Uh, it was just like, what, it, what even happened? You know, like the space of such a short period of time. And I think one of the things that, um, you know how you go, why, why, why wasn't I enough? The, the, his now fiance um, is so different from me that there wasn't like a why, uh, you know, why is she better than I am? Um, his, his boyfriend was a, a 19 year old, uh, man. Uh, uh, what, what, what? 19. Boy. Man boy. child. That's not a, that's not a man. Yes. That's a, a man that's, boy. That's barely even legal. Yeah, it was, it was definitely shocking. And our oldest son was taller and, and bigger, stockier than the boyfriend. <laughs> Although I got to tell you guys, fast forward a few years. I love his boyfriend. He's spectacular. Wait, he's is he still with the same guy? Yeah. He's still with the same guy. Oh, okay. And so, um, so it was love. And so, uh, you know, we have Thanksgivings together. <laughs> we all co-parent together. I, I, I check this. in. I check in with Paul, um, the boyfriend. And I'm like, who's picking up kids from school? You know, that kind of thing. And um, so it, it did all work out in the end, I have to say. But like, and your what? new husband is amazing, so he's very supportive, and you guys are all together, right? Like the exes and the you get along, and it's we do, we do. It's a miracle, or it just feels like a loving, play. like a lifetime original <laughs> slash like blockbuster story. That I, I feel like the woman you are now is definitely based upon the stripes that you've earned as you've gone through this, this path. And, um, you know, you're, you're not the only one that's had heartache and, and these struggles. And so, you know, sharing them and being real and raw is, is huge because I'm sure some of our listeners, um, can connect with you on different levels. So it, I think it's very, um, very inspirational, if you will. Oh, thank you. Well, yeah, it definitely was not expected. But you, you do what you can. Um, Lorla, you're amazing. And I feel like I need to email you and set up a session for photos just so I can continue this conversation selfishly. Because <laughs> there's so much more to dig in with you. Like you, um, you, you, you could do layers. a double and episode. I, I'm, I'm there for layers. I love it. But thank you. Thank you for joining us. And, and thank you to our listeners for joining us. And um, I encourage you all to reach out to her for photos or more of the story if you want. Um, I, I think she's willing to share. Uh, but for please sure. check out her website, www.photosbylorelei.com. Um, and I'll definitely be going there. So uh, this has been an amazing conversation. Thank you again for joining us. Hopefully all of our listeners got a little something out of it that they can take uh, away for their week. For more Inspired, please follow us on Podbean, where you can find our new episodes every Monday at 10 a.m. And we look forward to sharing more grown-up girl talk with you next week. Until then, be inspired.